Hey guys, and first off, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. It's been a very tough two years indeed for a lot of uh, people, and uh, we're just hoping that this uh, 2022 is going to be a start of a, a new beginning, a, a more positive new beginning. Um, so at this point, we can only really hope. Uh, anyways, I'm just for, for those of you who follow my channel, they're probably wondering uh, why I haven't done a video in such a long time. Uh, this whole COVID, uh, this whole COVID thing, and uh, a lot of personal things happening in my life, so I had to take a bit of a break. So I haven't really done a video since uh, 2021, since January. Probably it's probably been a year or so. But anyways, I'm back, um, and I'm uh, uh, I'm really excited to get back into the fold. Uh, so I'm going to focus on this podcast. I, I want to focus on a news article like that came out of the gray zone. For those of you who don't know what the gray zone is, it's a fantastic smaller media company. Uh, and they are all about delivering the information unbiased, uh, narrative free, uh, no, no hitting agendas. Uh, all their funding is from, you know, small collections uh, through PayPal and other uh, and other platforms, uh, they're uh, they're just a smaller independent company uh, who does fantastic work. And in this article here in particular that I'm going to pull up, uh, it's it's about the COVID measures, uh, also the the mandate, the vaccine mandate, and the impact it's having on a personal, on an economic, on a mental, on a physical, on an emotional level. It's uh, it has really been a, a killer. Now, of course, all the liberals uh, they want to focus they want to focus on the fear mongering campaign that's happening on the mainstream news media outlets like CNN and Fox and CBC here in Canada, and so forth and so forth. But they completely ignore the fact that the numbers, the stats, uh, and you can find these stats anywhere. The survival rate uh, is over ninety nine percent. So anybody that gets COVID has a over ninety nine percent chance of living. So uh, that right there should justify uh, should justify uh, no lockdown and no measures uh, in place whatsoever. Uh, so, anyways, let's focus on this article. Uh, fantastic article, by the way, and the title is "Flattening the Curve or Flattening the Global Poor: How COVID Lockdowns Obliterate Human Rights and Crush the Most Vulnerable." Uh, marketed as life-saving public health measures, lockdowns triggered death and economic devastation on a, on a global scale while doing little to slow the spread of COVID-19. Now they're back with vengeance. In October of 2021, it seemed as though the lockdowns that still paralyzed societies from Australia to New Zealand and Singapore were coming to an end. As these countries threw in the zero COVID towel following a year and a half of rolling restrictions and closures, but with COVID-19 cases rising in Europe, several uh, countries are implementing lockdowns all over again, often with clearly punitive motivations. So total lack of constitutional or, or totally just uh, turning a blind eye to their constitutions and their laws and uh, implementing these um, uh these measures without any regard for constitutional law. Anyways, uh, this November, Austria's government announced that police would enforce a lockdown exclusively against unvaccinated citizens. So again, here we go down the road again, uh, you know, two-tier society, 
And pretty soon the people that have been vaccinated will be part of the people that are not vaccinated. Okay, this is not about vaccines or this is not about the virus. This is about something more serious. Okay, uh, following days of massive protests, the policy was extended to everyone with steep fines and even prison sentences to be imposed on those who refuse to comply and a compulsory vaccination requirement tacked on for good measure. So again, you go to restaurants, double vaccinated, even a booster, still have the social distance, still have to wear a mask. Okay, yes, this is all hypocritical and it's total asinine, okay? Uh, next door in Germany, where a new lockdown was announced this December for unvaccinated people, barring them from almost all public places except for pharmacies and supermarkets. Berlin is also uh, weighing uh, uh, a vaccination mandate for all. One German constitutional lawyer has even proposed that refusers of the jab be brought before the vaccinator by the police. Again, this is total insanity, okay? Based on the survival rate of this COVID, going right back to the first variant. This does not justify all these measures. But again, when you've got global elites in charge, Bill Gates uh, and so forth, that want to implement a new system, this is how they usher in or usher out the old one by by taking away your rights and your freedoms. All right, uh, though statewide lockdowns have eased in Australia, the country is constructing, now get this, uh, constructing internment camps. And you notice how I highlighted this, okay? This is crazy. Now I'm going to play a five minute clip of a lady and her family uh, who came back to Canada and they they were not put in an internment camp okay but they were put in a hotel that resembled a lot like an internment camp so I'll play that video clip for you so as more Omicron cases are confirmed in Canada officials are utilizing the precautionary principle better to keep people in quarantine now as information about the new variant comes in but what's really going on inside these quarantine hotels travelers returning from banned countries are claiming they're being neglected some are saying we're underfed we're being mistreated. Tiffany Gora is a Canadian who's under mandatory travel quarantine after returning from Cairo, Egypt, with her five-year-old and her eight-year-old and her husband, Canadians who work in Egypt. Egypt, of course, one of the additional countries Canada added to the list of countries from which foreign travel is banned. So she just got out of a quarantine facility after almost four days ago. I think you just got out a few hours ago, Tiffany, and, and good to talk to you again. I spoke to you earlier today. Um, what was it like for you and your, your family inside this quarantine hotel? Can you, can you describe what you went through? Thanks, Evan. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was an extremely difficult and, you know, onerous and traumatic process for, for myself and our two daughters. Uh, my husband hasn't traveled back with us um, as yet. Uh, TBD if he decides to follow. Um, but I mean, it's, it's extremely, it's grueling, it's it's isolated, you know, you, you don't have fresh air, you can't exercise, you can't leave, uh, you know, the food is, is atrocious and it's not nutritious and, uh, you know, there's just, it's, it's absolutely, you know, mind-boggling that you could hold healthy, law-abiding, fully vaccinated citizens in these kinds of conditions. Uh, you know, we, we had two negative PCR tests before getting on the plane to, to come to Canada. And then we waited, you know, three days to have to have a third Canadian PCR, which resulted also negative, um, you know, while we were waiting in so, the hotel. So, 
So you so you get your PCR test in Egypt, and then you get another one where you, you stop over in Frankfurt. You pay for all these tests yourself. How much were they? Uh, I mean, PCR tests in Egypt are about $100 a person, so that's $300. And uh, we needed um, quick turnaround in Frankfurt, so we had uh, one-and-a-half-hour tests, which are about 179 euros apiece. So it's, it's an extremely large expense for a family, for sure. So the government didn't cover those. I'd, we'd heard that they would be covered, but those aren't covered. Then you get to Calgary. You get to this quarantine hotel. How, many, how long were you stuck in this? Now, a lot of people say, okay, well, you're traveling, and this is the ban, and we people get it. But, you know, you had these two kids. Like, how long were you basically stuck in your room with your two kids? So we arrived Saturday uh, and went through the whole process, uh, you know, at, at arrival and, and all of the testing and things like that. And then we left today, which is Tuesday in the afternoon. Our test came back. Uh, very early this morning. So it took, you know, three days so, to get our test back. You're double vaccinated. You had your PCR test. On, you wrote on Facebook, the food's horrible. It arrives cold. It has limited nutritional value. No fruit and vegetables outside of potatoes. Uh, you basically got tap water and a little coffee. For the kids, kids are going stir crazy, you wrote. No fresh air, no physical activities. We're doing yoga and schoolwork. I bought a few card games, but only to not, you can fill so many hours uh, like just get, if you were to describe what it, to the federal government who's saying you know you've got to go through this what was it like for your family i mean it, it's uh it's difficult for a family it's 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 difficult for travelers i mean mentally physically you, you know you, you come off a long flight in our case we flew for 30 hours and then you know, you, you go back into these kinds of situations. Like I said, you know, we're, we're law-abiding citizens. We've quarantined at our home numerous times in the past. You know, we understand what the government is trying, is trying to do. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with the xenophobic approach that they've taken to targeting these 10 countries. I think in, in 2021, almost 2022, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that any variant of COVID comes from a single a single country or a single source, you know, be it one or be it 10. You know, we live in a global reality. Uh, you know, I think these targeted measures are unnecessary, and I think they'll, in the end, be be ineffective. Um, it just seems it seems like it was, you know, poorly thought out and, and ill-designed and a knee-jerk reaction uh, to try to stem some of the, you know, some of the, the panic over over this variant. Uh, this isn't the first variant. It's it's the ninth variant of you know of interest. It's uh, you know how how many times are we going to go through this and to tra you know to strand travelers overnight? I mean I'm you know I'm an expatriate. I live abroad. I'm, I'm well educated. I'm 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 nimble. I'm fairly young. That's not the case. There were elderly travelers in the airport who came off of Nile cruises and they don't have Wi-Fi connectivity. And is these are things that are difficult for people to manage when the rules change overnight. And, and they've done everything they can do up to that point to, you know, to, to do the best they can to make it right and follow the rules. All right. So let's uh, get back. Let's get back to the article here. So we watched that video and, and how chilling and scary it is that this is like here. Okay. Let's continue on. For those who test positive for COVID, uh, along with their COVID negative, uh, negative close contacts, Harley Hodgson an Australian held for 14 days in what's in one such camp, despite repeatedly testing negative for COVID, said of her experience, 
you feel like you're in prison. You feel like you've done something wrong. It's inhumane what they're doing. And, they're go and again, if you watch that clip, it's totally inhumane and very unconstitutional. Okay, initially marketed to the public as means to flatten the curve. Everybody remember that, how, you know, what a, a bunch of bullshit that was and never really flattened. And the slow of the spread, which again, with Omicron, it's even worse now. Uh, lockdowns now represent one of the most draconian aspects of the perverse new normal that has uh, metastasized amid an atmosphere of seemingly endless emergency. Uh, while much of the public accepted such, such restrictions during the early days of the pandemic, they are now met with increasing resistance by citizens around the world who have suffered from economic devastation, homelessness, suicidal ideation, social isolation, domestic violence, addiction, and the cancellation of routine medical procedures as a result of the lockdowns. All these things that they mentioned here, they're going to go into detail in this uh, same article, okay? So I'm gonna skip this part here because uh, I wanna get to more of the important parts of of the article. Okay, so for most, and this, this is a really, uh, this is really telling of, of what this pandemic is really all about, okay? For most people on the planet, the economic and psychological harm experienced during the past 19 months was not the result of the pandemic per se, but of emergency order restrictions governments imposed on them and just justified as public health measures. In the global north, such uh, costly efforts did little more than delay the inevitable spread of COVID-19 while transferring wealth into the hands of big tech oligarchs who constitute the pandemic's real winners. So again, was this really about the virus? Was this really about people's health? Or was it about transferring wealth? Which they did, by the way. Now, I'll get back to this article. Let me jump on to another one here. And this is from Forbes, mainstream news publication. Okay. And here, and, and right here, they're stating it. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole article. I'll just read the meat and potatoes of it. And the, and this, okay. So the date is April 30th, 2021. Okay. Not that long ago. And the title is How Much Money America's Billionaires Have Made During the COVID-19 Pandemic. Uh, 20 million Americans lost their job in the pandemic, Joe Biden remarked in his Wednesday night address to Congress. At the same time, roughly 650 billionaires in America saw their net worth increase by more than $1 trillion, And they're now worth more than $4 trillion. Can, now, again... You figure during a pandemic, everything would slow down. People don't need to buy car stereos or cars or non-essential items, which there are a lot of. People have to focus on the essential items, okay? Medical, food, water, all that stuff. But it's astonishing how a trillionaire or billionaires have now become trillionaires and they've exceeded their wealth by $3 trillion. This is astonishing. Now, let me read the last part of this. That's true according to Forbes data, but the numbers are actually a bit richer. Total American billionaire wealth stands at 4.6 trillion as of the stock market close on April 28th. By our count, that's up 35% from 3.4 trillion when markets opened on January 1st, 2020, just as COVID-19 was beginning to take the world by storm. In other words, US billionaires have gotten about 1.2 trillion richer during the pandemic okay this is absolutely sickening all right now for those fear mongers 
who want to focus on the uh, on the COVID account, okay, and they want to totally ignore this, okay. They really have to get their heads out of their asses, and I'm sorry to say it's true, okay. And then I'm going to get back to this other article here, and we're going to read the other ramifications, not only economically, but we'll continue on with this uh, article. Okay, let's uh, scroll down here. Um, next uh, point that I wanted to point out is lockdowns were inspired by bogus modeling by unqualified academics. Okay, now throughout history, uh, in order to you know to get get to point C, you have to create point A then point B. Okay, uh, you know, and there's a there's a saying by David Icke. I can't remember uh, what the saying was, um, but basically, uh, in a nutshell, they have to create the boogeyman. And you know, you get these guys uh, like that are mentioned in this article. They create the fear, they create the narrative, and then people get scared into submission. So let me read this for you. Uh, on March 16th, 2020, as the global consensus formed around implementing restrictions in some form, a professor from London's Imperial College delivered a presentation to the British government that would prove pivotal that academic Neil Ferguson introduced a model asserting that if the UK did not impose a harsh lockdown, 500,000 citizens would die of COVID-19 that year. And if it took only moderate steps to restrict public life, as Prime Minister Boris Johnson planned, 260,000 would die. In either case, Ferguson insisted the national health care system would be overwhelmed and the economy irreparable damage within a week. Johnson's government accepted Ferguson's fatalistic model and locked down hard. Around the same time, the Trump White House received paper from Ferguson that envisioned a catastrophic death toll. His model predicted fatalities at 25% higher rate than, the, uh, uh, rate than the CDC's already stark projection. 2.2 million dead in the first year unless the U.S. instituted lockdowns. What had the biggest impact in the model is social distancing small groups not going in public in large groups. Dr. Deborah Burks uh, leader of Trump's coronavirus task force, referring to the Imperial College projection, the New York Times reported on March 16th, the day that the Trump administration received Ferguson's paper, White House takes new line after dire report on death toll. Now, this is uh, this really gets me going right here, this part of the article here. And again, this is so synonymous amongst our politicians and the very wealth wealthy, okay? They're the ones implementing these lockdowns, but yet this is what happens, and I'll read it to you right now. While Ferguson's modeling succeeded in inspiring harsh lockdowns, it ultimately brought him public embarrassment. First, the, the professor was caught breaking the quarantine. He personally inspired to enjoy a tryst uh, with his lover a married woman who complained that the lockdown strained her relationship with the professor. Then as the time went on, it became clear that Ferguson's models had exaggerated the COVID-19 fatality rate by a factor of at least four. And this is, he ends off by saying, yes, my prediction was off, and he admitted to the Times of London in August 2021, but by then the damage was done. So here he got paid, okay, he was, uh, he was paid to, because he's an academic and people get fooled, they think that all academics should are believable and they shouldn't be questioned. And he came out with this sensational report 
that essentially fear mongered uh, a lot, you know, most of the people around the world into submission. And, and for the most part, they went, they fell for it. And of course, you know, uh, uh, being an, uh, of an academic, uh, part of the mainstream, part of the elites, um, he was uh, he was basically a hypocrite, and he was caught breaking the, the 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 rules that he was trying to implement. And he's not the only one. Boris Johnson was caught. A whole bunch of uh, uh, politicians uh, got caught. Uh, some of the elites were caught enjoying a night out with without any masks, without social distancing. Okay. It's all hypocrisy. This is not about your health. Okay. This is not about your health. This is about wealth being transferred to the billionaires and changing, changing the landscape of the world. Okay. Uh, let me continue on here. Okay. Uh, a bonanza. And this, again, this is another important part of the article. Uh, a bonanza for tech oligarchs, the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day for the less fortunate. Okay, this is the comparison that they're making and and it explains it in this paragraph of the article. Uh, in the United States, lockdowns and various rolling restrictions triggered an economic catastrophe for working and poor people across the country, pushing those already on the financial precipice over the brink. In the U.S. in 2020, 40% of people making under 40,000 annually Annually, lost work and almost 3 million women were driven out of the workforce due to an inability to balance work and caregiving and virtual learning obligations for children who can no longer attend in-person school or daycare. Dozens of airlines failed and at least 200,000 small businesses were shuttered. Okay, uh, Increased unemployment benefits and stimulus checks had a salutary effect on the economic well-being of average Americans seeing personal savings rise 8% between 2019 and summer of 2021. But even if America poverty did not immediately surge, it may yet do so. Now that stimulus checks, generous unemployment benefits, and the eviction moratorium have all been terminated by the administration of President Joe Biden. So yes, personal savings were on the rise. People were trying to save for, you know, possibly what's coming next, a possibility and uh, now that all them, you know, the the uh, unemployment and the stimulus checks all came to an end, and the the moratorium on evictions came to an end, um, we can probably see a turn for the worse right now. Uh, if things aren't already bad as it is, okay. Uh, as lockdowns drove inequality in the U.S., millions skipped routine medical care such as childhood vaccination and cancer screenings because the Centers of Disease Control recommended that, I highlighted this part here, that hospitals suspend non-essential and elective procedures. In May 2021, almost 10 million routine screenings were missed in the United States, while other preventative health visits declined on a mass scale due to elective procedure suspensions, which may also lead to worsening public health problems in the long term. Yeah, well, now, of course, so someone that could possibly have cancer, cannot get checked because they have deemed that non-essential. Who comes up with these crazy rules? Again, based on a survival rate of 99%, I can't emphasize on that enough. And of course, there's going to be repercussions and, there, and it's already starting. People have already died from cancer because they missed their appointments, their scheduled appointments. Or people that 
uh, possibly might have had cancer couldn't get checked or screened because everything was canceled. And of course, these are the consequences of the measures, the draconian measures like the gray zone has stated. Let me continue on here. Uh, due to the CDC's recommended recommendations, 1.4 million medical workers lost their jobs in April of 2020. One medical record company estimated that screening for breast, um, uh, colorectal, and cervical cancers uh, dropped by 80% to 90% during March and April of 2020 compared to the same months in 2019. Now the U.S. is struggling with a surge of cancers and other ailments that went undetected because of overzealous and overly broad lockdowns. Now I want to go back again. I want to go back again to the... Uh, uh, sorry, I want to go to the nurses here. Uh, because of the measures, all these procedures were canceled. And that forced a lot of the medical professionals to be unemployed. Okay. Now, they could have, uh, they could have taken those uh, same, them same medical staff and they could have focused on the ICU rooms. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because all you heard on mainstream news is how if we don't treat this, if people don't get vaccinated, that, you know, the ICU and the ER rooms will be overflowing. Right. They, over, they overflowed so much that they had to lay off uh, how many people? 1.4 million medical workers. And then I say to you again, was it really about the virus? Was this really about the health and well-being of people? When you actually get rid of the, the very same people who help you get better physically, mentally, emotionally? I know it's just a bunch of hypocrisy as far as, far as I'm concerned. Let me continue on here. Now, I'm not going to read that part there because I've already stated it. Uh, I'll continue on here. While the pandemic response has adversely affected working people and small businesses worldwide, Lifting restrictions, in fact, against major corporate interests. Uh, it's not here. Now, here we go. Lifting the restrictions is actually not good for companies like Amazon. And I'll read on. Amazon stock even fell 7% in July as reopenings stalled pandemic-related online buying. As lockdowns took their psychological toll in the U.S. population, and now this is something different now, opioid-related deaths surged to record, uh, record levels up to 30% from the previous year across the country and up 40% in 10 states. The sharpest rise in deaths occurred in black Americans along with those aged 35 to 44. Lockdowns and excessive closures have also contributed to an international rise in domestic violence. Uh, despair rose in a significant way with the crisis according to the CDC. 25.5% of survey respondents aged 18 to 24 reported seriously considering suicide within the previous 30 days. By the end of June 2020, the same study indicated adults were more than twice as likely to report considering suicide when compared to those surveyed before the onset of coronavirus. Uh, Professor Stephen Riker, a behavioral uh, scientist uh, who advised the UK government on COVID policy, commented the problem with the lockdown is isolation. Being cut off from people is bad for you psychologically and physically. It is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So it's, you know, reading that reference that was made in the title. And this is what they were talking about. Okay. So yes, people are getting COVID. Yes, people uh, have to isolate for two weeks. 
Are they dying? No. Again, let's go back to the 99% survival rate. But what people are not focusing on is the suicides, the drug addiction, uh, the domestic violence, okay, alcohol, depression. These are the real issues. These are the consequences of these measures. All right, let's uh, continue on here. Uh, impact of restrictions on young people, adolescents, and babies who are at very little risk of illness with serious COVID-19, by the way, with one in 50,000 chance of hospitalization and two in one million chance of death for children can be overstated. Babies and young infants, after all, require regular socialization and interaction for healthy development. Many of them, however, were only able to visit their closest family members over the past year and a half. Ultimately, extended periods of social isolation or loneliness can negatively impact a young individual's health even decades later. So this, these measures are going to scar people emotionally and mentally for years to come. Some might even not even recover from it. But we never thought about this. You know why? Because they didn't care. They, they didn't care about people's mental or physical well-being or ec even economic. They were, only they were only concerned about their wealth and transferring more of it. It's really, I mean, these people really have the disease. Okay. Let's read on to the next uh, paragraph here. Lockdowns drive debt dependency and, and death across the global south. Uh, the legacy of colonialism and imperialism has split the world economy into a core of wealthy economies and a proverbial of poor economies that are largely dependent on exporting cheap raw materials and low-value added manufactured goods. When the wealthy core economies locked down in 2020, international trade contracted, triggering a violent economic whiplash in developing countries as their earnings from exports and tourism suddenly collapsed. As a result, developing country debt has risen from an average of about 40% of overall GDP to over 60%. Throughout 2020, developing economies were forced to pay out $194 billion to their creditors. Even as their economies contracted dramatically, this forced poor countries to cut deeply into social spending to maintain debt servicing from institutions like the International Monetary Fund, or as some people refer to as the International Mafia Fund. Okay, and I've done videos on the IMF. Okay, and if if you know what these guys are all about, they're they're basically the the Grim Reaper. Uh, after the party's over, they come in and they just basically buy up all the assets, public assets that belong to the people, and then they privatize it. Okay, let me continue on here. Since the COVID nineteen pandemic was declared, the IMF has doled out COVID funds, as they call them, to eighty five countries around the world. An analyst by Oxfam found that eighty five percent of the 107 loans provided to these countries require them to impose austerity until well into the future to pay them back. Now devastating impacts on future health and social spending in poor countries is practically inevitable. With surging unemployment, reduced incomes, and fewer social services, the populations of poor countries in the global south have experienced massive increases in hunger. As early as July 2020, the Associated Press reported that an additional 10,000 children were dying of hunger every month due to the virus. In fact, the deaths were the result of government's choice to lock down. Indeed, the coronavirus has had very little effect on the health of children 
except indirectly through bad policy. Thus, millions of children across the global south who were not hungry in 2019 are hungry today because of the lockdowns. Okay, so um, there are stats out there. There's this uh, great website. I can't remember the name of it. I, I wish I would have prepared myself better for it, but uh, basically go over... Uh, they go over the same, some of the same things that the gray zone is going over on, on the, in this article on the impacts of the measures and what it's doing. So there are probably more people dying from the impacts directly than they actually are dying from the virus. And again, I'll go back to the 99% survival rate. Okay, this is not realistic. And again, if, if you are a critical thinker, okay, forget about your, your political ideology. Forget about if you're left or the right. You've got to apply common sense to this and you've got to figure out that this ain't about your health or your well-being or your safety. Okay, they just use that. They just use that so that they can transfer more and more wealth and get their agendas in place before a timeline. Okay, now before I end this video, guys, uh, I am going to play a video uh, that's um, that was taken here in Quebec just recently. Quebec uh, has... Um, imposed a harsh lockdown they have a curfew now and i just want to give people uh a reminder or of a real uh, reality of what's to be coming down the road if people uh don't rise and uh, stand against this now in all fairness there are a lot of protests happening we have protests here happening in downtown toronto every every saturday there's protests happening in quebec uh, all over the world and people are fighting back but the problem is is that we need more people to to, to stand up and fight back so i'll end this video with the video clip and i hope to see you guys again next time in the next video but until then guys take care stay safe and all the best bye du terrain de cette résidence. Le refus de tempérer à cet ordre vous rend passible d'une amende pouvant aller de 1000 à 6000 dollars. Merci de contribuer à limiter la propagation de la COVID-19. Your attention, please. In accordance with Decree 2021,